What's going on? Subidoo. My name's Kyle. Thanks for checking us out. If you're new, uh, welcome. Feel free to rate and subscribe to the show if you enjoy this shit. reason I say that, in case uh, the old listeners are like, why is Kyle starting the show off weirdly? It's because we're doing something a little different this week. Um, with Godzilla, King of the Monsters coming out this week, um, and Brandon, our very own Brandon, um, being somebody who I commonly refer to as Dr. Godzilla or Professor Godzilla or Professor Branzilla or like Branzilla. I'm done trying to make that work. So um, Brandon is very um, knowledgeable and a humongous lifelong fan, basically, of all things Godzilla. And last year, probably I think in February or March of last year, Brandon and I and our friend Shannon we sat down and we started to watch the Godzilla films more or less in order. Uh, we started with the first film that came out in 1954, uh, did about an hour-long conversation on it that you're going to hear in a minute. Um, Brandon is very knowledgeable on the subject. I am not. Um, I have become a little bit more knowledgeable on it uh, since these podcast recordings because this movie really, really kicked off my interest or like reignited my interest in Godzilla. Uh, when I was a kid, the one Godzilla film I really have a vivid memory of, of watching, or two, actually, um, is the Mothra movie and the King Kong versus Godzilla, the Japanese version. Um, those are the two like points of reference I had for Godzilla. Really, Brandon's watched all of these movies throughout his entire life. When a Godzilla movie comes out, it's an event for him. So, me, him, and his wife are going to the movie on Thursday night, King of the Monsters. I thought and celebration leading up to it. And why not release these podcast episodes? Um, I have no other purpose really for them. Um, I know that we're like super dope anime hour or Dragon Ball super dope or whatever you want to call us. But um, I feel like Godzilla is kind of uh, anime adjacent. And uh, Brandon definitely breaks it down in a very insightful way. Um, bear in mind, first Godzilla movie close to two hours. Uh, we definitely drank a bunch, and uh, I cleaned up this audio a little bit, but basically just resigned myself to the fact that um, I'm an idiot, and uh, I, I say a lot of stupid shit throughout while I'm trying to uh, keep up with Brandon's actual intellect on the subject. I definitely say some stupid shit throughout, so be on the lookout for those. Um, What else? I think that's pretty much it. So you're now going to hear um, the Pajira intro. So we've talked about th that was going to be the name of the show for this, by the way, like me and Brandon and Shannon, we're going to do this once a month. Uh, we recorded, I think, four uh, Godzilla raids again. That audio is fucked. So that one's gone. But I think you're going to get a second episode of these this week. Probably going to be Mothra. Uh, and then I believe we did King Kong versus Godzilla as well, which maybe that'll be next week, uh, in addition to me and Brandon doing a podcast on the new movie, King of the Monsters. Um, anyway, we've talked about this show on episodes of Super Dope in the past a ton, and uh, we never had an opportunity to release them. Um, yeah, so maybe me and Brandon will get back to doing these uh, at a certain point. Maybe this kicks it off, but... Um, Maybe they just become part of the anime Super Dope feed. Who knows? Super Dope anime feed? Fuck! What the fuck's this thing called again? Super Dope anime hour? Jesus Christ, I can't even... Ugh. Can Dragon Ball just fucking come back already so I can definitively be Dragon Ball Super Dope? Like, oof. I mean, it's my own fault for not committing, right? Eh, whatever. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, enjoy this ridiculous Pojira intro song that, in my opinion... So ridiculous. All right, uh, super dope. Welcome in to My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. In the room with me today, we've got Shannon and Brandon. Brandon and Shannon. 
They kind of rhyme when you put them in that order, but the first time I said it, they didn't rhyme. Brandon and Shannon. That one kind of makes sense. Shannon and Brandon. I don't know. Either way. Because there's less of a harsh D in the second half. It rolls off the tongue. Man. English. Hmm. What a great language. Japanese. Japanese, on the other hand, we did just watch the first Godzilla movie from 1954 in Japanese. The reason we wanted to do this podcast primarily is because if you have checked out any of our other podcast series, me and Brandon, we talk about Dragon Ball a fair amount, but Homeboy brings up Godzilla on a very regular basis. Uh, my, my point first is, love. Yeah, it's exactly. It was like your first real fandom, the first thing that you really got into, and that happened as what, like a five or six year old kid, right? Uh, four. Jesus, that yeah. stuff kind of sticks with you. Uh, Kingu Kongu Gojira was my first one. And is that King Kong versus Godzilla? Mm-hmm. Word. So you wanted to... I, I, I thought it would be a good idea if we did this, mainly because <clears throat> you've got so much effing knowledge on the Godzilla movies yep. that sometimes you let it leak out into Super Dope, and it's completely lost on me because... At that point, it becomes Super Nope. Yeah, Super Nope indeed. So you figure what, like 60... 64 years is that the right math there it'll be 64 years november 3rd this franchise is gonna be 64 years old and it is in considered in the guinness world records the longest running franchise in movie history so it's interesting james bond yeah you know fuck james bond yeah (laughs) (laughs) guys are dope uh so you would let those little pieces of it come out during Super Dope and you know, we'll go listen to Dragon Ball Super Dope, duh, but you'd let those things kind of come out and I have no real point of reference for it. So we got to talking about how it would be cool if we wa- and there's 30 movies in the franchise. Uh, so, so I believe the, over now. I over like 30 31 movies 31 maybe. So the plan is we're just going to watch these. Uh, maybe, I don't know what the pace is going to look like. Maybe once a month we're going to sit down and watch these Godzilla movies uh in you know proper succession yeah uh so what's the next one we have to watch uh we would consider in american markets godzilla raids again the literal title would be godzilla's counterattack and that would be made five months after the first godzilla movie so that's the next one we're gonna watch yeah it comes out april of 55 cool so we're gonna go through and just sort of you know, me and Shannon, I've seen a few Godzilla movies over my life, but Shannon, have you ever watched a Godzilla movie or? No, I've never seen them at all. So this is like a genuine first react. Like, it's I kind of awesome. had my impressions just growing <laughs> up in the geek world and having seen a handful tops, but you've literally got zero point of reference for Godzilla. That's true. You just must know that he's some big ass green lizard. Pretty much. Yeah. Makes Technically, sense. he's not even green. He's not green? Until 2000, he's considered charcoal gray. Huh. Charcoal gray. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of tough to discern in a black and white movie in 54. So, <laughs> Well, even in the color movies, he's charcoal gray. Are you talking shit? Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to. Listen, I'm basically here to try to walk us through the movie that we just watched. And I want you to be able to expound with the interesting pieces of Godzilla that you've picked up over your, you know, 25 plus years of fandom. Not to mention that fucking novel that you brought with you. Like, you could knock somebody out with how thick that book is. And it's not even the one I wanted to bring. Which book is that? This is uh, Master of the Monsters, uh, the biography of E.G. Tsuburaya, who is pretty much the creator of what we see as Suitmation. Suitmation is a after effect that Tsuburaya's first idea to create Godzilla was through stop motion, much like his inspiration, King Kong, in 1933. Through calculations based on budget, through um, what type of staff they had at Toho Studios, it was estimated that it would take about seven years to film Godzilla. Seven Uh, years? I mean, how much of that is involved in the actual suit build? I mean, they end up building a suit. No, 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 but this is with with the idea of stop motion. Wow. Yeah. Seven years? No. Through the basis of their poverty, their only budget amounts... Through the basis of the time they had, they started filming, I believe, in August of 54, um, and eventually it's released November 3rd. 
so you can see how little time. Wow. Think of think Less of when than three months. So yeah. they started filming the first Gojira movie, the one that we just watched, yeah, in August of '54, yep. and it was released in the beginning of November. November, yeah. I believe visual effects filming was 72 days, and the main film was something like 60 days. Wow. So through that uh, poverty and through that ill experience, the next idea was to utilize suitmation, which literally was put a, a, a actor into a suit based on you know the ideas that they created of what the monster would look like and have him destroy a set of miniatures um, this had not really been done before if you think of all of the American monster movies that involve a large monster we'll say they're all going to be stop motion animatronics you know, and and very kind of robotic in a way. You know, so one this, frame at a time. But this book that you you have at the ready here, yeah, you're like ready to pelt us with all of the knowledge. Um, that really follows what that progression looks like. How they initially looked into making through Godzilla. the eyes of the creator of that Eiji Tsuburaya. So is who he... is the father of kaiju ega or Japanese monster movies special effects? Huh. So, so he's most, like the special effects guy. He's the special effects guru. He was the one who created monster movies almost as the way they are. Kind of like Willis O'Brien did with King Kong or later in the 50s, um, Ray Harryhausen did with like, you know, the Cyclops and all the Sinbad yeah. movies and all that shit. Yeah. So in respects to his place in... I mean, not just Japanese film culture, but film culture around the world now. If you think about how much, say, Godzilla is a cultural icon. So, I mean, they're still making movies in ode to that now. Pacific Rim comes out next month. Oh, this man, month. the first Pacific Rim fucking ruled. I cannot wait to see the second one, especially because Middletown native Charlie Day has got a much larger part in the second one, it seems. Supposedly. Woo! And but, John Boyega. But, but let me ask you, um, I'm sorry, what was the last name? John Boyega? No, Subaraya. Uh, Subaraya. I tried to read it upside down just now on your fucking binder of your book. So Subaraya before 54, is he like this special effects icon? Is he this legend? Or yeah, is Godzilla in a, in a way, launched him into that? He's he's kind of gained his accolades making a lot of um, movies about World War II from the Japanese perspective as it's being made for Toho. Which perfect epic yeah. background and given all the social and political commentary throughout this film. Exactly. And actually a weird transition for that. The producer of Godzilla, Tomoyuki Tanaka, was supposed to be making another World War II era film in Indonesia about post-war Indonesia after Japan leaves. Yep. Through protests and kind of uh, anti-Japanese sentiment that movie actually falls through Godzilla is created almost over an airplane ride by Tanaka at least the initial inspiration so Tanaka has this movie fall out from under them and they're like alright what am I going to do what are we going to do next so I still want to make this social commentary on this whole post-war Japan kind of world how do that I do kind it of, that kind of develops as the plane ride goes by huh yeah and, and somehow a giant fucking lizard comes out well, he was also fascinated by an upcoming American movie called The Beast from 20,000 20, Fathoms. So the original concept of Godzilla I don't think was, I've ever heard that before. Yeah. Or heard of that. The before. original Godzilla, you know, his very first, uh, almost you could say, incunable idea from the cradle is, uh, I think it's like called something like Giant Monster from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Hmm. Eventually, it's renamed Project G when he gets the green light for it, and he works with Shigeru Kiyama. Um, to develop the story. I love how you just know all of their names off the top. <laughs> like, I don't know how much prior research you did leading up to this. Like, we just got this thing together last week after an idea that we had six months ago. So yeah. this is um, pretty impressive from just dropping names off the top, Brandon. It's just... It's just stuff, who you are, man. Just stuff I know. It's just, just stuff that I you know. know. Obsession, that's one way to put it. Way of life, probably preferred way to put it. <laughs> Um, it it changes over the years. I mean, sometimes it's Godzilla. Sometimes it's the monkeys. Oh, it always. Sometimes you like other shit. It's always been Godzilla. I think it's just a matter of where my interest in the series is. 
Well, you know, I think what's interesting about Godzilla as a movie series and I mean, the ones that I've seen have been primarily focused on Godzilla versus yeah. Godzilla versus Mother, Godzilla yeah. versus Rodan, Godzilla versus fucking King Kong. Uh, you had that abortion in 2000 with uh, fucking Ferris Bueller. That shit was awful. It was in 98. It was, was a tri-star. Yeah. Jeebus. So you've got the Brian Cranston movie, which I understand was pretty well done. How, did you like that one? The Brian Cranston one? I mean, I'm assuming that it probably doesn't hold as you know a near near close to your heart as some of these yeah, other films. Yeah, I, I, I think for that one in particular, I was slightly let down because the trailers maybe misled me. To I think thought it was, was going to be something a, else. I thought it was going to be a lot darker than what it was. Well, regardless of how you feel about it, yeah, the way that I've always kind of looked at the Godzilla series is, I mean, not so much as Godzilla the character and the progression of the character. I've looked at it as who the fuck is Godzilla fighting in this movie? Yeah, and they're they're fun and they're supposed to be a good time and you know, classically in America in the 60s they were very much double billed with like sometimes like some creature double films. feature like shit. I don't recall maybe one of our our hopeful listeners can remind me. Hopefully. Uh one one Godzilla movie was placed on a double feature with a John Wayne film called McClintock. McClintock? <laughs> McClintock. Oh, talk like TikTok, like a clock. Mick, like an Irishman. Lynn, talk. Was that an Irish slur you just used? Oh man, no, I don't know about I'm this. a full-blooded Irishman. Yeah, we're out. We're done. This this podcast is no moss. So I've never really thought about Godzilla as so much of the progression of a character over the course of 31 movies now. Right. But the other thing that kind of grabbed me in this movie and. I guess I shouldn't get my expectations set too high is that there's actually a couple of cool characters in this movie. Ogata's oh. kind of cool. Sarah Zara's pretty cool. He comes up with the piece to beat Godzilla in the end. And he's got that whole moral dilemma about, I know it could save it now, but what's it going to do to the rest of the world long-term? Exactly. Like, there are some really cool characters in this movie, but I guess I shouldn't. I mean, Sarah Zara, peace. Like, yeah, <laughs> we appreciate your sacrifice. Thank you for your service, but whoops. We're not going to see these characters again. Godzilla is like the main through line in all of these stories, obviously, because right. they're Godzilla movies. Stupid I mean, fucking thing to say, as, as a slight spoiler, Emiko, the the female yes. lead, will reappear. The same character, forty so years not, later. Because I know that as oh. we watched it, yeah. it said that they use a lot of these actors in future movies. But, but she'll they, she'll actually reprise her role as as Emiko. Is she like the professor now? No, is that be cool? She's a, yeah. It's yeah. for it's it's Ooh. it's made forty years later. Oh, Godzilla ninety four. Godzilla nine. I believe it's filmed in ninety four ninety five. It's called Godzilla versus Destroya. Huh. That was when versus as 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 will as will progress eventually. When in the nineties, Toho said, "We've really run its course. Godzilla's over. It's." It's done. So that was like the goodbye Godzilla tour. That was the Godzilla, yeah, goodbye. The first and then, one? no, 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 Godzilla versus Destroya. And then four years later, they licensed it out to fucking TriStar, Miramax, whatever BS back then to, yeah, what revive the franchise. Yeah, and then well, they're kind of embarrassed by that, and they're like, we need kind another of. one. Godzilla babies, Godzilla babies in the sewer. The thing was three hours long. Where do we get to Son of Godzilla? Oh man, does it get worse? Son of Godzilla's a hoot. Godzilla's Revenge is even better. Oh, man. Oh. I can't wait to watch some of these bad ones. We're going to have some rough days. I mean, Shannon, have you watched any kind of these? What do they call them? What's the proper terminology Sequels? for these monster movies? Kaijuega. Kaijuega. All right, where are we? We got to, like, make a dictionary for this show. I swear to God. In terms of the Kaijuega. Kaiju Already, man. Oh, I'm going to have to write it down. I'm going to have to, like, bring home my Kaijuega. fucking... What is it? Kaijuega. I might even be saying it wrong. E-I-G-A. Let's, let's get like some vocab words that we got to learn each week. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll is work that, on that. Is that I'll, cool? I'll work on that. That's right. cool. We can totally do that. Um, That'd be a good idea. Yeah. I feel like if we're going right. to have any kind of service to the audience, if we're going to provide that's smart. any type that's smart. of value, let's try to not be completely no, ignorant that's really, assholes. No, that's really smart. I mean. We're not being assholes. I don't know, though. If you know me, like. <laughs> I know you. Yeah, I'm kind of ignorant dicks. So how, how often do I speak highly of him? Pretty often. Oh, shut the fuck. So no, I'm serious. I didn't pay her to say that. Not yet. You're going to owe her when you bring her home. You're going to have to be like, here's that 10 bucks for that nice compliment you said about Kyle. 
It's fine, homie. Just put your wallet away. What $10? Oh. All I've got is secret codes. <laughs> Come on, man. You don't got a ham in the wallet? No, I'm vegetarian. Ham and strawberries? Anyway. So... With the kaiju movies, this one was like I, I wouldn't call it the first of its kind because obviously predecessors like King Kong exist. There but. are there are numerous predecessors in the American market. Uh, there are even legends, and there are a few st film stills of the Japanese making their own version of King Kong, which is called King Kong in Edo, which is the original name of Tokyo. Huh. And uh, but those were lost over time. But this was the first earnest attempt by the Japanese that survived to make their own monster movie. Um, Eiji Tsuburaya had his own idea that the monster would become or would be like a giant octopus that would prey on shipping and such. Um, and this was right before the movie It Came From Beneath the Sea came out in America. Huh. So thankfully they didn't do that, but instead over time as Tanaka kind of created this idea through his own thoughts and Shigeru Kayama that Godzilla would be a prehistoric dinosaur, a prehistoric creature that would be awakened and ultimately irradiated by hydrogen bomb testing. Yeah. This in itself is an inspiration from an incident in March where um, a fishing vessel, and I'll just say the March English trans of, March of what year? Of 54. Of sorry. 54. So March um, of 54, there, when this is the actual real-life inspiration. This is a real-life incident. Five months later. This is a real-life incident where uh, a Japanese fishing vessel, which in English is called the Lucky Dragon Number no. 5, okay, uh, is fishing off some waters, which is near a atomic hydrogen bomb testing done by the Americans. Either they drift accidentally inside the quarantine zone or the blast is much bigger than ever anticipated the sh the fishing vessel becomes irradiated and before they realize that they're irradiated the fish already goes to market and then soon Ew. after soon after the fishermen start getting sick and they start testing the fish and they they had to burn like I think it's like something like 500 tons of fish. Holy shit. Because pretty much you don't know where that fish went. So everything has to just get destroyed. Yeah. Kind of like mad cow. Disease. Start over. Yeah. So that was kind of deemed the second atomic bombing of Japan. It's kind of kept under secrets to keep, um, you know, uh, international politics. Okay. And the that's Americans... actually a scene that you referenced while yeah. we were watching the movie. There's this whole piece in there where it's like, when, when they first discover we... that Godzilla is yeah. real, do we, do we tell people that this was potentially caused by atomic fallout or, yeah. Yeah. and they decide like, it's not good for international politics. Yeah. And then you've got that choir of people who sitting in the effing stands, just like, it's wrong. People the, the women, to know. The women's group are like, no, this so is real. It's almost it like an exact call back to that same that same incident in March. Exactly. Do we tell people or not? Exactly. But you have to. And and there's there's such a a you know, even though by this time America has ended its occupation of Japan, it really hasn't. You know, we still have at least what three major air bases, I think, in Okinawa, you know. America still has a massive presence in 54 over the Japanese. So, you know, we don't want to, you know, shake that and we don't want to interfere with the Russians. You know, we don't want to make this an international scene, you know, especially in the throes of the Cold War, everything going on between the Russians and the United States. At the exactly. Same time, the last exactly. thing they want to do is come out and accuse America well, of causing especially, this giant es fucking lizard or in real life case, 500 thousand tons of fish or whatever yeah and especially consider too like for example you know the korean war has just ended and that was the first kind of america versus soviet war the the proxy was just korea yeah what's right next to korea japan japan they are fully aware that if an international incident occurs they're probably going to be like right in the middle of it and even with the the last days of world war ii the Soviets were going to invade Japan even before we got there. So there was going to be a huge issue probably partitioning Japan in the end anyway. So in addition to being a Godzilla expert, Brandon is actually a historical expert. I mean, I'm not going to call you a historian, but like, damn, do you fucking walk that line? I've studied Operation Downfall. I, well, okay. That's the planned invasion of mainland Japan. Huh. 
Any reason in particular? Is it Godzilla related? Tell probably, me it's Godzilla probably, related. Probably because my grandfather would have had to gone over. Oh, really? Your grandfather served in WW2? He was in Europe at the time, yeah. Wow. Who were the veteran troops needed for the biggest invasion of mankind? You know? Well. Like, let's put it this way. The invasion of mainland Japan would have made D-Day in Normandy look like. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, now, yeah. Operation Mainland is a reference Operation to, Downfall is when we... Excuse me, my Operation Downfall When is, we invade Japan itself. Yes. Up it, until then, we had done what they, they call, like, the, the cartwheel, where we attacked various islands controlled by the Japanese. This was going to be, like, the equivalent to entering Nazi Germany. This would have been invading Imperial Japan. Before or after they dropped... Was the plan to drop the bomb and then invade, or was this a plan to we invade? We had the plans before to the invade before the bombs, and then the bombs were dropped, and we were still planning to invade unless they surrendered unconditionally. Huh. And then they did. The end. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, so that's all very interesting to know. Again, just as a reference point to this movie is made less than a fucking decade yeah. after we dropped bombs on Japan. So the sentiment there is quite gloomy. Obviously, you've got like reference to um the shelter piece a couple of times throughout the movie just by like passing lines through the mm -hmm. passing dialogue by the characters but the other part of it too is like the imminent destruction of godzilla must be like all of these people who just lived through these bombings like it's got to be like some ptsd type level stuff oh certainly like, and and we just watched our shit get ruined less than 10 years ago and now it's happening again by a giant mutated lizard that and, and is I caused mean, by atomic bomb fallout by those goddamn Americans. And the development is, you know, as, as they subtly kind of keep developing that Godzilla was in effect manifested or, or mutated by the atomic bombings, the hydrogen bombings. Yeah. Since he survived those. They go those, close to saying it, but they never say exactly that, I feel. They pretty much do. Yeah. No. But what, what they're trying to say is, look, he has been affected by the hydrogen bombing our most powerful weapon on earth as of right now and it didn't kill him what can possibly kill him so the allegory developed is godzilla is not you know i guess your average monster or freak creature he's now more of a force of nature so when you see godzilla rampaging through the city you're not watching, you know, your your you know monkey like King Kong or whatever misunderstood creature. No, you're literally watching the physical form of a tornado, of a hurricane, of an a earthquake, a tsunami. Which they... in 2014, 2015, with Shin Gojira, they literally have a parallel to the Fukushima incidents. You know, Godzilla is is very much a force of nature that you know almost has to be let its course run you know well, you can't first, stop a tornado the first part of this movie does such a good job before they i mean they do like a couple of peaks not yeah. quite full reveals of the scale exactly exactly but they do a good job of building up the suspense of what ultimately is behind all of these things that seem to be like yeah. borderline natural disaster kind of things these ships sinking like people equate it to like a really bad hurricane or a yeah. tsunami and it's like nope not the case. No. This lizard's about to fuck up Tokyo. And 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 I mean, you know, there's what? He he arrives in Tokyo Bay the first time, but doesn't make landfall. The second landfall is a very brief attack. You know, he destroys the rail yards. He what? I got three drinks going right now. Whatever. He he attacks a bridge and he, you know, leaves. The third assault is by far the worst. That's, you know, the full-blown Category 5 hurricane, the full-on... You that's know, when he eats a fucking train. No, that's the first assault. Oh. Second assault When he is... ate the train, that was my favorite part. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Uh, Witnessing the aftermath. Of that initial attack? Is it no, the, initial the second assault. The second assault, yeah, that yeah. shot, and you said, wait for it. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck's about to happen? And then the next shot is just... Everything it's just is the absolutely city. destroyed. Yeah, it's it's kind of. I, I think to me that's the most moving scene of the film because you feel helpless, knowing that that was once you know the capital of a nation, that was the epicenter of you know hundreds of thousands of people, and it's it's literally just 
nothing but, you know, wreckage and ash. And you can, again, compare that allegory to that's what Tokyo would have looked like in late 44, exactly. 45. Exactly. After we firebombed or what Dresden looked like or Schweinfurt, Berlin, you know, it's it's very much that that and I'm not using this word as as it is normally used is a Holocaust. You know, Holocaust is a great fire, a great conflagration. That's what Tokyo was after Godzilla's second assault. It was a nuclear Holocaust. Yeah. Because even if there was a standing building still, there is no chance that it can be inhabitable because it's so irradiated from his, his path of destruction. It really just ends up being a commentary you know? on how the fucking nation felt. Yeah. Just less than 10 years previous. And I mean, what, what really helps set this movie so much apart. And I keep saying this from the American, like teen horror monster movies is you really see the destruction and the violence in the aftermath. You know, they're showing the doctors with their Geiger counters on the children and the children are just fucking off the charts with radiation. They're watching their parents die. They're watching, you know, all of these people around them in this overcrowded hospital, you know, just suffering immensely in terms of, um, you know, what those hospital scenes look like. Yeah. Especially with, again, that that scene that we referenced with the mother holding her two children closely, three children, just saying, we're going to go see your father. We're going to be with your father again soon. That shit is super, dark like it's yeah. it's between that that commentary piece of it is it like do they use godzilla and the backdrop of it and the overall social um relevancy of it to be able to like move past what had happened to them 10 years previously or was it to kind of justify their scorn as a nation because i feel like it's somewhere in between and i'm not really sure which Probably one they want me to align so with so the former than the latter i believe the apologist movement doesn't come until later yeah, fuck apologists. No, well, they were apologizing for what they did in the war. Oh, I have no point of reference the, for anything. The Japanese did in this conversation. infinitely terrible things in See, World War II. I wasn't just kidding when Brandon uh, is a Godzilla uh, nerd, but also a historian. Like you went to college for history. Like you, you know all of these things through and through. I mean, you're like point of expertise as long as i've known you has always been the revolutionary war mm-hmm. but i mean that doesn't just limit your your knowledge of history to just that whatever 25 year period over the country my other my other main focus is kaiju ego did you minor in that mm. dope so God damn it. i couldn't help myself i'm sorry damn it kyle god damn it brandon anyway that's a preview for super dope go so check it out shannon as as you are very new to this what were your thoughts and feelings being exposed to this you know based on some of the previous things that i taught you or told you about like what was your first Cause, yeah he's been talking about godzilla to you for a while right did it live up yeah. to your expectations or no it definitely did and i really feel like seeing all the visual representations it was just like thinking back on the bombings and things like that it, i could see the similarities and I don't know. I could feel. Yeah, you feel like a certain kinship with the country of Japan all of a sudden. Now, what year did Godzilla make its way over to America? Uh, the first movie is adapted for American film um, with Raymond Burr in '56. So only a couple years later. Yeah, and it was it was actually, if I understand correctly, although Godzilla was massively popular in Japan at the time enough to make a sequel five months later. There was a lot of negative reviews about it, but then in, in Japan there was yeah. All right, so like you said, the next movie comes out five months, five later. months later. The first movie wasn't well received, which I think is by I think critics, ridiculous. but but at, by critics it wasn't received. But in the box office it scored well. Yeah. That and its companion film. How do I say? Not companion film. Let me redress that. The other movie made by Toho at the time is considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Yes. Those two movies came out around the same time and were both huge, like... Box office Box office hits. But Kurosawa must have had the critical acclaim. Yeah. But it's not until 56 when it's released in America that it's popular there that even... It's re-released in Japan as King of the Monsters Godzilla. So it's weird because they show the... um, the Japanese film is adapted to American audience, 
And then in 57, the American version of the Japanese film is readapted to Japanese. They keep the American scenes in and then just resubtitle it. Really? Yeah. So. And then Godzilla, but Godzilla himself won't make another appearance, a new appearance until 62. So back it up. So 56, they bring it over to America. Yeah. Godzilla King of the Monsters. They cut in actors from America. Yeah. Raymond Burr and a few others. So actual actors. We're not talking about dubs. No. Okay. So they cut in actual American. There'll be American scenes plus dubs. Dubs for the parts that are kept from the exactly. Original so like Ogata, Sarazawa, Emiko, and then two yeah, years Yachiyomari. later, a year Japan, later in fifty-seven, a year later, Japan takes that the American, American version cut. and then so subtitles like, it. There's like two versions. I mean, if you watch them in Japanese, essentially, you know, there's two versions of of the first movie. Essentially, that's fucking strange. But I almost, also kind of cool. Can we watch is, the is, other one? It's in the other disc. You can watch. Oh, it. really? Yeah. Cool. I want to watch that. So. Even though the social climate and the social commentary that's going on throughout this film is is fairly relevant, I don't even think that's the most um, interesting piece of this movie. And we talked about it a little bit, but we didn't get too in-depth on it. The real interesting piece for me in this movie is at the end with Sarasawa-san. Sarasawa-san! Sarasawa. Sarasawa-san! Sarasawa! When he basically reveals, and it... Uh, Miki? Emiko. Emiko, sorry. When Emiko eventually reveals the secret to Ogata that he has this uh, what was it oxygen Hy- destroyer oxygen destroyer so like you go back and you see that scene with the fish because mm-hmm. when you first see it you're like what the fuck just happened yeah you, you guys were like oh yeah Amiko's yeah. like oh it turns away in horror but like you've got no idea what she just witnessed what Emiko just witnessed yeah. and then they go back to it and then they yeah. show you that it literally just eradicates all of the fish in there yeah. sucks, destroys all of the oxygen within that piece of that body of uh, water exactly and you know one of the things I was kind of mentioning to Shannon beforehand too in my in my various thought processes was you know that's also very feeling because you you feel almost sympathetic to the monster because he is awoken in his slumber and essentially eradicated and that whole scene where they deep dive underwater yeah. to go to let out the the oxygen and destroyer. he's very much a victim because you know uh, it's so fucking sad like yeah. he's just a creature uh, amongst the world just sleeping in tokyo bay and, and considered at that time he was the only one of his creature we later find out that there are others oh there's others but he is he is considered the only creature left of his Time. You know, time. I mean, they, they they reference him back to the Jurassic. Yeah, period. yeah, yeah. So yeah, and so you you feel even though that you witnessed, you know, this destruction that probably caused the deaths of thousands of lives, those who are radiated will, as as Shannon very much pointed out, slow, painful deaths because they're irradiated beyond any help. But you almost still feel sympathetic to this monster because he he hadn't actually done anything wrong it wasn't like he launched missiles to destroy a country or or declared war he didn't ask to be born out of atomic fallout it just kind of happened exactly exactly well the i mean that piece of it is really powerful and that whole scene underwater and i mean i said it to you while we while we were watching it like what the fuck's godzilla doing underwater yeah looks like he's just looking at stuff oh he just woke up from his nap yeah now somebody's gonna blow him up with an oxygen destroyer but not that piece specifically is interesting. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a very emotional, it's a very powerful scene. Yeah. What really gets me is that whole Sarazawa complex there. It's it's the morale piece of it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I could use this to fix this problem right now, but the second I let this out, somebody else is going to use this for even worse things. Yeah. And that whole morality struggle there is really what kind of got me invested. And, and again, I said it earlier, like it kind of bums me out that I'm not going to, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to see Sarazawa again because he yeah. dies. As a character, yeah. But, like, the characters in general that are in this movie, I felt like were pretty strong. And you could see them in future installments of the franchise. But ultimately, outside of Amico, you know, 40 years from now, yeah. you don't. And that, that's kind that, of bumming. And, and that's kind of, I guess, in a, in, a, in an older perspective to me, maybe a flaw is that you you really, especially in this movie, and, and I'll admit for me, the next one, in Counterattack, you know, you you become attached to these characters just like you would say Han Solo or, or Princess Leia or you know 
I love even, Han Solo. Even Mr. Spock in, say, Star Trek. You Star become, Trek 4, when he you dies, become I'm attached sad. to these characters. Yes. But they're not going to be, you know, continuing in the series. So you, you almost lose that, that, that care and that attachment. Yeah. And I mean, for the first movie within the series, I think yeah. they do a good job setting up the characters oh, that kind of have to carry the plot through. It's incredible. And I realized like we said off the top, like I always looked at it as a Godzilla versus, and I'm sure as it does with any yeah. long-term movie franchise, eventually they're going to veer away from the initial, purpose of it we're gonna watch some weird ass shit oh dude i can't fucking wait that's the reason i wanted to do it when we watch like this one's interesting because it's a legitimately good movie yeah like and the next attempt at like a political film will be godzilla versus hedora which will be a anti-pollution protest which episode is that do you know Uh, which which movie number that is hedora 71 uh 10 or 11 maybe Uh, well 31 films for us to get through so Mm. either way i mean this first movie this first movie isn't just like and again it's because it's the first but it's not just another chapter in an installment of yeah shit kaiju kaijuega kaijuega i'm learning it's not just another installment in a in another kaijuega fucking movie series you know what i mean i mean to me i will i will always have my favorites which are counterattack and then mothra versus godzilla counterattack is the next one the next one mothra is what in the The fourth the fourth one oh okay so that's one in the 60s 60 that's one of two made in 64 cool so King Kong versus Godzilla 62, Godzilla Mothra versus Godzilla 64, Ghidorah the three-headed monster 64. And then they're We've made, got so many movies to watch. They're made on the But what I was going to say is even though the first one's not my favorite, it's so important and so impactful for so many reasons that I will consider it probably the most important of the series. Yeah. Because it has such a defined meaning and such an important kind of revolutionary you know creation you know that it it if there were never another godzilla movie made that would have been enough it would still have been just as important yes. i think yeah you know fuck yeah dude good way to fucking put that yeah now one of the other things that was really striking that makes the movie complete and I, i'd like for shannon to elaborate on that is the importance of the soundtrack what what you know Sometimes what helps make a movie even better is its soundtrack. And and you really had some commentary. Oh, I was yeah. a sucker for it, yeah. Yeah, especially towards the end. Yeah. That, uh, what was the name of the uh what was the name of the piece of music? Uh at the ocean floor. At the ocean floor. Yeah, you made me yeah. get up and turn up the television. I have no remote for this TV. You can't just be like, turn it up, Kyle. Cause I have to get up. That's what I want played at my funeral. It's powerful though. Exactly. It is. And seeing all the visual representations with the music, too. Yeah. It makes you feel a lot when you're looking at it. And I mean, if, if you ever, and I, I apologize if you ever do, if you ever watch it again, <laughs> they also play the first half of that song when they show the aftermath of the second assault. Oh, really? Yeah. they play. It's a little bit softer, but before the prayer for peace with all of the young girls, when they start showing... Um, yeah, all of the aftermath scenes of the ruined city, the um, the hospitals being overflowed, you know, people dying left and right in the hospital, the music being played behind those ass- at the ocean floor, and it's it's just really powerful because you know, as as you were saying, Kyle, it's very slow moving, it's very kind of minor melancholy. It's very melancholy. Like, there's some little major ish pieces in there yeah but because of the the mood and just like the the tempo of it it's yeah it's like hopeful at the same time defeating i think is the best way for me to describe it it's impactful Um, yeah and how did you feel about prayer for peace all those little kids oh my gosh all those little kids but then i think i was the jerk and i was the one saying oh but they're all gonna die (laughs) And I'm sure they all did. <laughs> but that kind of brings up a question that we spun out there as a joke during the movie. Because I said, like, 
Uh, no, don't hate us, Historian Brondon. Wow. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but naturally anyway. happened. Proceed. She got like 2,000 little kids singing this prayer in yeah. that scene, right? Yeah. They're, where are they? Like a gymnasium, a school or something? I, they were probably in a gymnasium, yeah. All right. If you think about, yeah. What if Godzilla just stepped through the roof of the gymnasium and killed like 2,000 kids at once? That'd be depressing. That'd be deflating. That'd be a real downer of a piece of the movie. What did, what did Stalin say? I don't a know, A single man. death is a tragedy. A thousand deaths is a statistic. I'm glad he didn't say a comedy. Because in my case, it's a comedy. It's not a comedy. Was Bunch a... of little kids getting stamped out by Godzilla? It's hilarious. It's the better, it's the better way out. <laughs> All right. So that begs the question. If you had to be killed by Godzilla... And I think this is where we want to wrap it. I mean, do you have do you have some more commentary that you need to fucking lay on us before I unearth this like um, no, polarizing question? Proceed. What's, I'm... The, what's the polarizing question? The question is the one that I'm about to ask you. If you were to be a victim of Godzilla's rampage, if Godzilla's about to kill your ass, how do you want to go out, Brandon? Answer. Probably in one of those JSDF fighters. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't give you a fucking fighter jet in this scenario. You are not shooting missiles into this dude. Nuh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. Back it up. Try again. You are a regular old civilian hanging out in Tokyo. This motherfucker pops out of Tokyo Bay, and uh, he's angry. I, I, I don't know. Probably. I, I, I mean, he's assuming. Coming. I would assume, as as we saw in several scenes, if you um, if you were direct, directly in the line of his atomic... Uh, breath is atomic ray atomic breath kind of confused me by the way yeah because i always thought that it was fire breath until you told me it's an atomic breath it's, kind of it's, thing it's it's, it's right. like, like atomic everything yeah. well like it lit up fucking half of tokyo on fire yeah so i'm like how does yeah. atomic breath do that but it's i don't nuclear, know how things work it's, about i guess stuff. of a nuclear blast or temperature yeah so it's almost mm. like fire breath but not actually fire but at a more nuclear temperature yeah that's scary yeah. That's the shit nightmare. Um, that's probably the easiest way to go. I don't know, Shannon. How are you going to go? I'd rather just get stomped on. Just <laughs> just quick and easy. There's just nothing. Just There's out. no radiation just poisoning after. Dead. No, yeah. If you get stamped on by Godzilla, you're dead. It's going to break your neck. You just. Straight up. Gone. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna break your neck. You yeah. kill. Even yeah. if you don't die immediately, I mean, which I imagine you would. But see, but but again, this is this is one of the great poignant things of the film. You know, they were not uh gentle with with the destruction and death scenes. As the movie I mean, progresses, as you pointed to, out, to it me, gets worse and worse yeah, as the movie goes on. To me, one of the, the most amazing scenes is when the news reporters are are filming Godzilla's rampage from the tower and their flashing lights from the flashbulbs are angering him so he attacks the 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 tower and you see them not only do you see like this incredible scene of like the tower collapsing from the point of the tower which yeah. is like my worst nightmare is like a scene of falling <laughs> Being but you actually see it, yeah. you see like people falling off the tower as it's crumbling down uh, and that's like I guess I didn't catch that I kind of want to you saw it yeah. yeah no I did I didn't realize I did. people were falling off those no you can see them actually them. coming off and they're probably Jesus. like little toys or whatever yeah but, but again it 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 really strikes at the heart of this was not you know going to be like a simple destruction scene this is like some intricate... people losing their lives yeah. and like the 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 destruction that he's going in so you know you want to be melted you don't want to be crushed by a tower. You mm. want to be stamped out. I think if I had a pick, I mean, stamp out is the easy route. Don't get me wrong. I'd probably be in favor of that type of scenario, like instant death. You want to survive the first assault, don't you? No. I want oh, okay. to be picked the fuck up by Godzilla, like by his little hands. And I want to be eaten in half like a carrot stick or a celery stick. I want it to snap in half. We, I feel like that'll give me instant death. Depending on the tangents we go, we have at least two more movies before that happens. Yo, it happens. Oh my gosh. Did I just write a Godzilla movie in my imaginary head? There's Rodan. He picks up Rodan and just bites him in half? No, Rodan eats 
humans. Rodan's the turtle, right? No. Wait, which one's the fucking turtle? Uh, Gamera. 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 Hey. 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 Which one's Rodan then? Rodan? Does he have like the big thing around his head here? Rodan or Radon, as they called him in Japan, but Radon is on the chart. What do they call that? The I don't know. Periodic table of elements. Oh, there you go. Shannon, I failed chemistry twice. Seriously, I tried uh, the second time. Radon is a pteranodon. There's actually two of them. There's Radon. Plural. Dude. Radon's a good movie. I cannot wait. I'm actually kind of excited. This first one was interesting as hell. And I realized that not all of these Godzilla movies. and Radon actually shows like, uh, what do they call it after you're dead? I don't know. Uh, Euphoria? No, 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 no. Rigor Mortis. They show Rigor uh, Mortis in Radon. Oh, dude, what? Body, like, yeah, they, they, show, they show like decomposed bodies in Radon. Dope. And that's 56. Yeah. Wow. So only a couple years later, they go into those kind of, those levels. Yeah, I realize that the first Godzilla movie is of, um, you know, very cultural significance. Yeah. All right. Not yeah. just for Japan, but, you know, eventually worldwide. Like, yeah, Godzilla ends up being the way at least uh, not entirely, but Godzilla movies coming to the United States is almost how Japan sort of reintegrates itself into American culture a little this bit. This is before Kung Fu movies. It's before Kung Fu movies. It's before, yeah. you know, the anime of the 70s, the Force 5 kind of stuff. Yeah. With I mean, I think what the first major Japanese anime, and again, our followers can correct me, would be what, like Johnny Soko or like Johnny Robot or whatever? I don't know, man. I mean, my earliest reference I mean, point to anime is in the 70s. If, if you talk to anybody our just above our generation, you know, they grow up watching Ultraman. That's him. That's Ultraman. Wait a minute. So the the, the Ultraman's the, made by Tsuburaya. Tsuburaya made Ultraman. Uh -huh. So twelve years after Godzilla, he and he uses a lot of the same kind of um, effects techniques in terms of like the the building up the suit in terms of the scale and Godzilla's destroying suits will be used at least to create two of the Ultraman monsters. Uh, was huh. it Jiras and Gomez? fucking nerd they'll they'll be repatriated as as new monster suits my point is godzilla comes out in 54 and it's one of the things that really helps integrate you know the opinion of jap uh the opinion of japan as a country back into the american conscious they're no longer those you as know, a grieving country as a grieving country but not only a grieving country but this grieving country that's giving them some dope ass content Godzilla movies, Kung Fu movies, anime starts to come in in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I mean, like we said, we do a fucking Dragon Ball podcast. Like, I'm well aware that we would not have a Dragon Ball podcast if this first movie that we just watched today that came out in 19 fucking 54. Yeah. And was filmed, produced, cut in less than three months time. I'm well aware that I would not be with, doing a Dragon Ball podcast if this movie didn't hit. With excessive dangers and the most intricate of of details. I mean, there was there's a great story that I think it's Tsuburaya and Let me put down my beer. Tomi, story time. Tomoyuki Tanaki. Tomoyuki Tanaki. Fuck. Tomoyuki Tanaka. And the direct, I'm so impressed by your fucking knowledge of these names. The director of the film, Ishiro Honda, they like hold themselves up in a hotel for three weeks to like bash this out. And at one point, they're in the middle of the city and they're planning the destruction scenes. Which movie is this? The first Godzilla movie. Okay, but the first one. They're planning the the destruction scenes of where what buildings should be built to be destroyed and how his path should go. And they're overheard by like a police officer. Oh wow! And he's like. This is like the original like idea of terrorism almost. For real. You know? And and they they have to kind of be like, look, no, we're with Toho Studios. It's okay. We're making a movie. Like So basically know. Godzilla is the reason the NSA exists? Yes. Got it. So that was really cool. And one of the things I'd love to hear before I die is Godzilla actually, before it was even movie, came out in July of fifty four as a radio series. Really? Yeah. You've so, never heard it? I have not heard it, How? unfortunately. Well, if you were to hear it, what the fuck would that mean for you? It had to have been in Japanese, so you wouldn't be... I mean, unless you and I bite the bullet and go yeah, take some goddamn true, Japanese classes. It? 
not going to be much for us to take out of that. Life over. Well, I mean, maybe somebody if you looked on like YouTube or something like I unfortunately I haven't. Yeah, yeah, we could probably take a look around on YouTube for that. Yeah. Maybe somebody I mean, uploaded it, it and subtitled the it. And and honestly too, I I haven't been able to acquire it, but probably some of our fan base has. There's a lot of Godzilla manga that came out. Really? Um Before, when the movies were made. After 54. I believe there might even be one for 54, but I should be, I would probably be corrected. I want to say as early as Godzilla, Mothra versus Godzilla, there's manga, but yeah. What year was Mothra versus Godzilla? 64. 64. 64. Cool, man. I have to research that. Unfortunately, I didn't have time to research the manga of it. No, it's cool. I didn't even know there was manga. So what's cool about this first episode is the cultural significance for this has kind of resonated with me. Shannon, I hope you feel the same. I mean... Overall, how did this movie leave you feeling at the end of it? No, it definitely did with me too. I don't know. I think at one point you were talking to me about Godzilla and how some movies, like, you kind of feel sympathy for the monster. Yeah. But I almost kind of felt it with this one too. But I don't know. He was such a destructive force too. But, and I feel like they didn't really touch too much on it. But there was like a couple different scenes, like, with um, that scientist. I'm horrible with people. Shirazawa! Or, no, Doctor no, no, Yamani. No, no, no. Yamani. Yeah, the no, when she's talking about the the zoologist, yeah, the zoologist, yes, yeah, yeah. And he was. Don't show him light. It's bad. <laughs> Let her say her piece. Sorry, Shannon. I'm no, stepping. It's okay, it's okay. Um, no, but he was like talking about how they're going to just destroy the monster, and he seemed so upset about it, and he seemed to be the only person who. And I know that like. Overall, he just wanted to be able to like use Godzilla for something. his own scientific yeah. research, well, whatever. But still, it was that whole kind of, point kind of gets swept up in the movie, doesn't really it? Because like it basically, it comes to a head at a certain point yeah. where him and Ogata, Ogata's like, "Yeah, no, I'd kill that fucking thing." Yeah, and that's kind of the last time that I that mean, whole morality complex, the morality uh, piece of it, kind of shifts from that point to the whole oxygen destroyer point like that's where the real morality question comes in i think too really touching upon what what shannon's saying is with yamani's idea of we need to study this he's aware that this unbelievable sentient creature survived the greatest weapon on earth how can that be uh harvested to to help maybe change you know if he can survive radiation what could we learn from what him can we learn better? from that yeah and and again that that parallel that i had mentioned earlier also though that he's also fully aware that perhaps if it survived the greatest weapon on earth what possibly can be used to destroy it you know the best things they can possibly do is turn the lights out the missiles did you know not work. it's again it's it's that allegorical idea of of how to face a human or how to face a force of nature you know when you when you have a tornado coming they tell you to what get in the bathtub or like get in your basement you know, get in your basement if you have one you know the best thing you can possibly Hide. do is don't anger the creature you know turn yeah. off the lights you know just just you know just let it run its course but since we can't defeat it if we're able to find a way to study it and harvest it this could mean new breakthroughs in in human history and i don't know if they go on to touch on that sort of idea again later on in other installments but probably not right it's kind of swept up very quickly in the overall plot of the film which which kind of sucks but when we watch counterattack the only residual is kind of like the only way to to combat these as there will be more than one creature the next time is to to try and just black out maybe use some form of diversionary lights or or some form of you know uh attention elsewhere lights draw him away lure them away yeah Yeah. you know they they put up you know i don't i I forgot what the voltage was if it was like a hundred thousand volts in this episode in this movie of of electricity and he just like literally looks he, he walks up to it he looks at it and just he's like what the fuck yeah and then he bites it and just plows through it yeah. yeah and he's good to go yeah nothing you know and and you know there's great scenes that kind of start falling by the wayside after the military actually scoring direct hits on it and it's it's just not stopping it you know he basically pushes them out of the way and there's a great manga comment 
uh, comic from a few years ago that just destroyed like shows like the military trying to like face it and it's just a wreck it's like they just yeah there's whole like tank squadrons just wiped out and like at this stage try and help as defense to help evacuate parts of the city rather than offense hmm. you know well i think the interesting thing about this movie and it definitely gives me an interest going forward in this kind of podcast is cultural significance is there and yeah. given how tied or uh, how much of a fan I, i'm not gonna say i'm tied but how much of a fan i am of uh japanese culture yeah i feel like it's in, i feel like i'm educating myself legitimately oh totally and i realized that at a certain point in this series it's gonna get to the point where these movies are borderline comical in some senses but i'm okay with that um, I'm sure you're still going to have some great um, historical information, historical references, because yeah. you've got the history piece, but you've also got the Godzilla piece. I think I think as the series progresses, we'll be able to spend more time laughing and discussing, you know, the fun highlights. So basically, rather it's going to get funnier from here on in. Is this the most serious episode we're going to do in the series? Did we just probably, draw in a bunch of intellectual nerd types? Probably at least till the return of Godzilla. Shit. Like, the ending of the return of Godzilla, I, like, I fucking lose my shit. I Did just, you like, cry? Oh, oh, big time. Oh, dope. And then even worse, I found a couple months ago on YouTube, like, the B-rolls of the different screams of pain Godzilla has. And I'm just like, I can't take this shit. I'm done. Wow. Well. And then the when we get to Destroya, <sighs> I probably will leave the room. Okay. Like, I need to go take a minute. Well, at the risk of having you blow your load prematurely. No, I don't want you to cut. God damn it, Brandon. I can't even use that cut. Why are you fucking yelling into microphones? You've done said, a really good job not yelling at you. You said today. gross things on the radio. <laughs> I did? What did I say? Blow your load. It's not even that gross. <laughs> Okay. At the risk of having you, um, I feel like I can't say blow your load, but <laughs> I'm going to say at the risk of having you blow your load, I don't want you to um, overexert yourself on the Godzilla analysis today. Bitch. I'm not going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> You've been obvious. Brandon. Let me let me let me fucking wrap it up in a way that'll uh, make sense. Because now you fucking have me self conscious about my words. Because you're a dick. Oh, how does it feel? How does it fucking feel? Are you legitimately not self conscious of your words? Because you fucking should be. Apparently, I am now considering every word I said the other night when I was at the friggin' shithole bar oh, was over analyzed. What? What shithole bar are you referencing? In Pennsylvania. The only thing keeping me sane, besides my like fastidious alcohol intake, was you two. Uh, how do I say? It? Developing a good rapport by <laughs> you and me. Oh, by beating is, up on your is, dumbass. This is what he calls it. Yo, are you in a? Are you okay? You need a hug. You know I'll hug the shit out of you. I give great hugs. Yes, you do, and I will accept a hug after I go potty. Oh, because <laughs> I don't want to make you pee. No, because <laughs> no. I'm weird. It's not weird. I just have to go potty again. Of course you do. I'm sorry. You've only peed three times since you got why here. Why are you six. counting? No, it's like at least five how can or I, six. Why are you both, so, yeah, it's why are you like both counting? Cut all of this. Cut like all of this. I'm here. not cutting any of this now. This no. Just made <laughs> can we focus on the seriousness? We had some serious uh, booze. We like, did until you started going. fucking talking. I didn't what? I said you're big on the booze. I am not. This is a very serious movie. What? Boo-hoos. <laughs> Boo-hoos. Mm. I just sounded like an owl, sort of, no? A little bit, yeah. Shit. <laughs> what? I'm going to lose my cool. <laughs> Let's go. No. I've been waiting for you to lose your cool for like five years. <laughs> I'm behaving. Oh, no. Anyway, what do we got to talk about next? I'm just trying to wrap the show. Okay. Are you okay? I'm good. I'm... <laughs> Do you want to pee now before we wrap? No, let's let's wrap. Okay, we can we can have other discussions after. Just just just. I'm gonna hug the fuck out of no. you. Today. <laughs> He's so excited. I'm gonna oh hug gosh. you till you pee. And that was the first episode 
of Pulgiera! Branded man, fucking Dr. Godzilla, whatever the fuck I call him. Professor Gojira. He's knowledgeable, man. Um. Anyway, hope you liked it. You can expect another one of these, maybe on Thursday or Friday, about the Mothra movie. Uh, so, check that shit out. Um, if you enjoyed it and it is your first time with Super Dope, uh, please rate and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places for the podcasts to live. And uh, before we wrap, special happy birthday to listener of the show, my good personal friend, Dan Berardi. 30 years on this beautiful green planet Earth. Let's think about climate change, deforestation, all that bullshit. Well, that's science-based bullshit. Maybe it's not so green these days, but Dan, that dude, as good as they come, uh, expecting uh, his second baby. Uh, soon to be wet, I believe. I don't know if y'all set a date. Who gives a shit? Example of a man, Dan Berardi is. Security Dan. It's where the party is. I tried to make it rhyme, dude. It didn't work. It didn't work. But happy fucking birthday, brother. We love you. Uh, super dope. You should come record an episode of the podcast soon. Because... Dan is local to me. He's welcome. Anyway, talk to y'all later this week. So up. Uh...